He has risen. <laughs> I love that. I was trying to teach Emily that. We spent ages. Risen indeed. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, we're thinking this morning about expectations. Okay. So here's just a little cartoon for you, if you can read it. It says, um, in her profile on Match Cow, she said she was tall and lean. <laughs> Well, thinking about expectations, I was thinking about when I go to the cinema, um, I often have really low expectations. In fact, I purposefully try to think it's going to be a rubbish film. Okay? I try and make the film in my head as rubbish as possible so that no matter what I see, I didn't waste my money. It was a good film. It was better. Exceeded my expectations. So what I want you to do, I want you to just talk to the person next to you. What do you do to avoid disappointment? Like I do at the cinema, what do you do in your life to avoid disappointment? So have a little think. Maybe you can think of a similar example. Off you go. All right, that'll do. Okay, anyone got some classic examples they feel they want to share? Anyone? Can we be brave? Maybe I was too, maybe I raised it too much by saying exa- classic examples. Just an example. Anyone? <laughs> Go on then. That's right. <laughs> Lower your expectations. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Now, I was thinking, when I was thinking of this, a really sad example. My friend, um, Bessa, she was telling me about how, as a child, um, uh, she was, they weren't a particularly wealthy family, and she was given a puzzle uh, by, by, I don't know who it was from, but she was given a puzzle secondhand. And her mum said, oh, it's, it's probably got something missing in it, you know. And um, my friend's devastated. But I was thinking about this, and I was thinking how how disappointment must have affected her mum so much that she felt that nothing they would receive as a family really was good. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of that whole kind of you don't get, you don't get something for nothing sort of syndrome. Her disappointments in life were so much that she didn't really think that anything good was going to happen. And I was thinking... In life, our hopes can be really crushed, can't they? We can become, we can expect, in a way, disappointment. Um, We're fed by the movies, this kind of love and romance, but it isn't long before we get a bit cynical. Maybe um, we're in a relationship where someone isn't very nice or they have an affair, and we kind of get a bit tainted. Thinking about politics, I wonder how much of us have a real high expectation that our next government will transform our country. No, probably not. Um, And it can be the same with religion as well. People are disappointed with it. Uh, They had hopes, but maybe it's been controlling or it's been 
some, some form of abuse has taken place. And also in families, we, we're fed, aren't we, this picture that families should get on and they should meet at Easter and they will all love each other and there'll be no problems. Um, but actually, that's not always a reality, is it? Um, and crushed, maybe, would be a good, good word to use. Uh, we can feel sometimes a little bit um, crushed in these areas. Yeah, I was thinking about this this morning, and Paul, in the New Testament, he's um, writing a letter, and he writes the following words. He says these, we are hard-pressed on every side. So he's saying, you know, life can feel like it's pressing in on us, that um, emotionally or physically there can be pressures building on every side. And yet he's able to say, We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are not finished. That's not it. We've still got hope. He's not saying um, that there's nothing wrong, um, that attacks aren't flying in on him from every direction, but he says we are not crushed. We are not finished. No, there's more. We still have hope. And why is that? Well, because of what we're celebrating today. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. And this is the hope that kept Paul going. This is the hope that will keep us going, will stop us from living in that disappointment, in that crushed state. These early Christians believed in the resurrection. They had a complete, sure hope. Now, I was reading about psychology and hope. And in this, the psychologists were saying that what you hope for in the future will massively affect how you are today. The kind of mental time travel that goes on as you travel to the future of what you hope will happen to coming back to the reality of what is happening, alters your mind. It enables you to cope significantly better with disappointment and failure. That's what they were saying. I thought that's interesting, isn't it? As we look forward to a hope in the future, it enables us to cope with what's going on now. When Paul looked forward, it enabled him to cope with what was happening. So he was able to say, I am hard-pressed on every side. Everything is packing in on me, but I am not crushed. Without hope, he would be crushed. In fact, Paul says as much when he says this, passage. He's talking about if Christ is not raised from the dead, what are the implications for us? What are the implications for Paul? Well, first he says his preaching is a waste of time. What Jesus has done, achieved, it didn't happen. It's useless. He says his faith would be futile. Nothing has changed. This reality, this what we have today is as good as it gets. It's not going to get any better. And for some people, that is a really, really rough deal. And those that have died are lost 
forever. If Christ didn't rise, we should set our expectations really low, really low. These few short years are going to be all we've got. There's nothing to aspire to. We might as well just take what we have. We should get what we can. We should complete as much things as we can, like that hundred things to do before you die. We should rush around madly to try and do them because this is all there is. There'll be no chance to do them again. And we should focus on achieving now, now, now. But... Jesus did rise from the dead. This is not all there is, is it? We don't need to rush around. Luke 24. Oh, that's not quite right. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Let's read it. Luke 24. Let's find it. Right at the end, and verse 1. And you can find it on page 1061. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men be crucified, and on the third day, be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Jesus is not in the tomb. Uh, The angels tell them, he has not here. He is risen. Now, I was thinking about this. When the women went, their expectations were really low, weren't they? They had been completely crushed. They had taken spices. They were getting ready to anoint a corpse and to weep of their loss, their hope, everything. I was thinking the men's expectations were also really low. They didn't believe the women because what they said sounded like nonsense. And elsewhere it says the disciples on the road, um, some disciples of Jesus on a road were saying, we hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Their expectations of Jesus were low. Jesus rise, impossible, ridiculous, nonsense. 
Peter, we read, he went to the tomb, but he went away wondering what had happened. What could have happened to the body? Hope had been crushed. Hope had run out. I was thinking in Gethsemane, there was hope, wasn't there? Peter takes his sword. There's hope that they can fight their way out of the situation. When they're in the justice system, there's hope. Jesus is found innocent. When he's on the cross, there's hope. Will Jesus save himself? Will the Father intercede? But at this point, they are utterly crushed. They cannot imagine that their hope will ever be restored. Even faced with an empty tomb, they wonder what could have happened. What could have happened? But then we begin, don't we, as we read on, to see Jesus appear to them. And over the next 40 days, we see them completely transformed. Their hope is restored in a way that will never be crushed again. Never will they be crushed. Never will they lose hope again. Because they have seen the risen Lord. Mary, when she encounters Jesus, she rushes to say, I have seen the Lord. The disciples enthusiastically tell Thomas, who doesn't believe, we have seen the Lord. And then Peter declares to the crowd of thousands, we are witnesses of this fact that Jesus has risen. And from this point, with the Holy Spirit working in them, They are secure in hope. The knowledge of the resurrection means they will never be crushed again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Death is no longer the end. It's not uh, goodbye, it's au revoir. There's nothing going to crush them anymore. This is the real day. Creation will be restored. Relationship with God healed. Relationships with others will be made perfect. And their bodies will be made new. If you think about it, each of the disciples went to their death. Along with hundreds of thousands of other Christians over the years. And why? Because they hope in the resurrection. The death is not the end. It's not something that can crush them. It's just another hardship pressing in on them. It's their firm belief that although things may seem bleak, as if evil is winning today, as if they're still on Friday, or if God is still silent on Saturday, that there is hope for tomorrow. And this hope doesn't disappoint because it's not a hope as in going to the cinema and I hope it will be a nice film but I don't know it could be it might not but it's based on a reality of what has happened an objective understanding of the reality and the truth of the resurrection that happened here means that we can hope 
here. It's not just nice thinking or wishful thinking. It's based on something solid, the resurrection of Jesus that happened here. Jesus' words and claims can be trusted for us. When we sense the Spirit speaking to us, when we read the Word of God and it leaps out from the page and we start to think, I think God is speaking to me today. The risen Lord Jesus is speaking because he is alive and his promises can be trusted. In Revelation 21, we read this. This is our hope. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or loss or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. On this Easter Sunday, we remember that our future is solid and secure, that the resurrection is a sign that this will happen. I want you now to just imagine, you might want to close your eyes, but I want you to imagine, because this is our hope, the most beautiful place you have ever been. I want you to think of the best time you have ever had with your friends and your family. Think of the time that you felt the most love. When you felt the most safe. Think of the time when you were the most healthy you have ever been with the most energy. And think on your most intimate experience so far of God. And I want you to take those things and I want you to magnify them by billions. And we are just getting close to imagining what God has planned for us. What no one can comprehend. What no one can begin to imagine. A billion times better than you have experienced at the best of the best of your life so far. And we know the joy that this starts now. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. We start to experience those things now, not in their fullness, but we taste it. Just the smallest taste of what it can be to be in a relationship with the one who made us.
What it is to see a small relationship that was broken be mended. Our relationships are still hard, aren't they? But we start to see how God works in them to mend them. And we might experience a degree of healing. We might have seen that in our life. We're still going to face sickness. We're still going to die. But we start to see a taste of what God has got planned for us in the future. We may um, start to appreciate creation around us a bit more because we know the maker made it and he will restore it to beauty. It might still now be harsh and cruel and we struggle with it and it's cold and it's wet and there's tornadoes and there's hurricanes. But we see a glimmer of the beauty that God has prepared for all creation. And I was thinking, you know, every day might be a battle. You might feel like Paul hard-pressed on every side. Nothing seems to go right. Ever. But, like the disciples who encountered the risen Lord, they had a hope that could not be crushed. Maybe I will be healed, maybe I won't. But I know that Christ will heal me. I am sure and I'm looking forward to it. And maybe my family today isn't functioning as beautifully as I'd like it to. But I'm looking forward to a place where relationships won't be as complicated. Because they'll be perfect and more importantly, so will I. And maybe the world is broken today and the weather is doing horrendous things and we see stuff happen and stuff we don't want. But I'm looking forward to that day when creation is restored and I'm working for that even now. And maybe today you feel a little distant from God. But he wants to know you more today. And I'm looking forward to that day, hopefully with all of us, when we will see Jesus face to face. Today, we might be hard-pressed on every side. We might be perplexed about what on earth is happening. We might feel persecuted by injustice that we see around us. Or we might feel struck down. But we know This fact, this is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. We know it. His power, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us as we are new creations starting, growing, transforming, changing until we stand before our risen King. And he will bring us and all of us to completion and perfection. As Christians, the one thing we don't need to do is lower our expectations. We don't need to get ready ever for disappointment. We don't need to be thinking, maybe it won't be that good. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it's all right. We had a good life, didn't we? No, we need to have our expectations high because we can trust what Jesus has said. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but the resurrection says that he will do it. Jesus says, I will do it, and I have done it. So our hope, however hard life gets, 
should not be crushed. Jesus says finally, look, I am coming soon. And the resurrection says, that is true. Look, I am coming soon. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that we can trust your words because of the resurrection, because of the truth of that, that you burst forth from the grave, that everything you said and did was true and your promises are real to us. We pray that today your Holy Spirit would fill us, welling up from our very tips of our toes to the tip of our head, that expectation of all that you have planned for us and all that you have begun in us now and will carry on to completion. We thank you, Father, that no matter what happens, we have a hope that is steadfast and certain. We thank you, Jesus, that you are true, that you are good, that you are Lord, that you will never let us down, that you are faithful. We praise you, Jesus, for this. And we pray that today, if we are not feeling the, pray, the, the expectation, if we've lowered our expectations of all that you can do and all that you will do and all that you are doing, then Jesus, we pray that today that you would transform our expectations of what you can and will and have done. Father, we, we, um, please forgive us for the times when we've lowered what we expect of you because we've made you too small. We've doubted your promises. We forgot your resurrection. Father, today, may we be filled, filled, filled with that hope. Father, may your Holy Spirit well up in us. In Jesus' precious name, we ask this. Amen.